Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. This is an RNZ podcast. This week, Joker looks behind the makeup of Batman's supervillain. You just ask the same questions every week. How's your job? Are you having any negative thoughts? All I have are negative thoughts. Yuli is the often contradictory story of the Cuban ballet star Carlos Acosta. And Indian director Ritesh Batra looks at the changing dynamics of fairy tale romance. If you look at love stories that are made through the ages, like Romeo and Juliet, you know, and all the variations of those, the obstacles are always outside of the characters. Their tribes or their clans or their families don't want them to be one. But, you know, in the modern world, the obstacles are always inside us. Hello, I'm Simon Morris. It's always a moment of deep disillusionment when we realise that fairy tales aren't real and that real-life stories are often deeply unsatisfactory because of it. Oscar Wilde said it best, as usual, the good ended happily, the bad unhappily, he said. That is what fiction means. Well, in real life, villains are very rarely brought to justice. Indeed, they often live to a prosperous old age. Wealthy heiresses generally don't marry poor but honest suitors. Indeed, the poor but honest usually have to accept that, unfortunately, virtue is its own reward. That's all there is. This is not what I expected this place to look like at all. Yeah, we got totally lied to by our album covers. Well, the purpose of fiction, particularly movies, is to let us forget grim reality for a couple of hours. Though, to be fair, the best fiction allows a little reality to creep in now and again. Sometimes it's better for the story if, say, the boy doesn't get the girl. But it doesn't take much to see that the problems of three little people don't amount to a hill of beans in this crazy world. Someday you'll understand that. Ah, no. He's looking at you, kid. This week, three films that attempt to bring reality to some famous fairy tales. The most famous villain in the Batman comic books is that cackling, green-haired loony, the Joker. What if he were real? What would turn a person into such a cartoon figure? My mother always tells me to smile and put on a happy face. There's a real-life account of a Cuban superstar ballet dancer, Carlos Acosta. Yes, Yuli is a rags-to-riches story. Naturally, otherwise there's no movie, but with a twist. This kid's not an enthusiastic Billy Elliot. In many ways, he's an anti-Billy Elliot. Así que tú quieres ser bailarín, Carlos? No, no quiero. Sí, sí quiere. No quiero. Sí quieres. ¿Qué tú quieres ser? 
And finally, from the home of the formulaic fairy tale movie Mumbai, India, comes a story that asks what would happen if that Bollywood cliche, the rich girl, poor boy plot, was true? How would photographer Rafi from the village actually get on with professional woman Miloni? I talked to the director of the photograph, Ritesh Batra, who also made the art house favourite The Lunchbox a few years ago. But first, the role that unites Cesar Romero, Jack Nicholson, Heath Ledger, and now Joaquin Phoenix. It's Batman's nemesis, The Joker. Uh, Murray, one small thing. Yeah. When you bring me out, can you introduce me as Joker? I'm not sure why Joker has divested himself of the definite article, but in the latest grimy manifestation of old green hair, he likes to be simply called Joker. Though, in fact, in most of the movie, he's called Arthur. Arthur Fleck. He's a troubled soul who lives in the rundown tenements of Gotham City with his mum. He's also got a job as a part-time clown. No wonder he's in therapy. Arthur. I have some bad news for you. <laughs> this is the last time we'll be meeting. As played by Joaquin Phoenix, even pre-Joker, Arthur is already pretty eccentric, prone to outbursts of laughter at inappropriate times and being, at best, misjudged by strangers and, at worst, beaten up by them. You just ask the same questions every week. How's your job? Are you having any negative thoughts? All I have are negative thoughts. Of course, the jobs available to a part-time clown are both limited and risky. The fact is there are people who don't really like clowns, particularly ones that burst into guffaws without warning. And in the unspecified period when Joker is set, sort of mid-70s, early 80s, it's frankly a jungle out there. Is it just me? Or is it getting crazier out there? The one source of pleasure for Arthur and his mother is the late-night comedy of talk show host Murray Franklin, played by Robert De Niro. Robert De Niro has been terrific in lots of comedies over the years, but he's not a natural comic. Mind you, a lot of comedians of that era were pretty unfunny too. And finally, in a world where everyone thinks they could do my job, check out this guy. When I was a little boy and told people I was going to be a comedian, everyone laughed at me. Well, no one's laughing now. You can say that again, pal. Murray sees a clip of Arthur's stage show. Yes, he's not only a part-time clown, he's an aspiring comedian too. And decides it would be good TV to get Arthur a guest spot on his show. What could possibly go wrong? What's your name? My name's Arthur. Well, there's something special about you, Arthur, I can tell. Where are you from? I live right here in the city with my mother. So, let's see. We've got a person with a tenuous grasp on reality anyway, living with his equally deluded mum. He's a would-be clown, despite no discernible clowning talent, and in a clown-unfriendly city full of aggressive punks. He's about to be hauled in front of a live TV audience and, in all probability, humiliated for entertainment purposes. She told me I had a purpose. 
to bring laughter and joy to the world. Is there any way to turn the screws any tighter? Let's rub Arthur's nose in his own lack of success by bringing out an arrogant billionaire, revelling in a sense of entitlement. We're talking about the future Batman Bruce Wayne's dad. Gotham has lost its way. What kind of coward would do something that cold-blooded? Someone who hides behind a mask. I don't think we need to labour the comparisons between Thomas Wayne's ambitions and any real-life wealthy ratbags with political pretensions. But clearly Joker is making other points here, partly about how rotten life is, I suppose, but also looking for the reality within a well-loved fictional character. You think this is funny? (laughs) Is this a joke to you? Except in my case, the phrase well-loved fictional character slightly overstates my attachment to the Joker. He is, after all, a villain from a comic book whose sole purpose is to provide something for Batman to combat and eventually defeat by the final credits. For my whole life, I didn't know if I even really existed. But I do. Starting to notice. Removing Batman from the equation and substituting a depressing and derivative story, Joker owes a lot to old Robert De Niro films like Taxi Driver and King of Comedy, is certainly a bold idea. I used to think that my life was a tragedy. But now I realize it's a comedy. And it's ironic that a film resting, in theory at any rate, on clowns, comics and comedians should be almost entirely devoid of laughs. I get it. It's a character study. And I'm sure Joaquin Phoenix will get a lot of attention at awards time. But it's no fun at all. If you just... The film Yuli is a fascinating blend of fact and fiction by Spanish actress-turned-director Iclar Bolain, telling the story of Cuban ballet dancer Carlos Acosta. It deftly intercuts between reenactments of Carlos's scrappy childhood in the slums of Havana to the real-life adult Carlos, creating a dance event about his life. It was written by Englishman Paul Laverty, best known for his work with Ken Loach, though I assume it was then translated into Spanish. There's not a word of English in Yuli. And it delights in playing with genre conventions. After the hit comedy Billy Elliot, we're used to the idea of the working-class kid following his dream of dance in the face of hostility from a Philistine father. Well, Yuli's almost the direct opposite. Dad is desperate for the talented kid to become a dancer. Young Carlos is the one fighting against it.
Indeed, for the first half of the film, 11-year-old Carlos does everything he can to get out of following that dream. He doesn't want to be a ballet dancer. He wants to play football. He doesn't want to go to the top school in Cuba. He wants to slack off by himself and get into trouble. El English National Ballet te ofrece un contrato. His father attempts to beat some sense into him. He knows how little Carlos can expect if he doesn't capitalise on his talent. Indeed, the further the young Carlos gets into trouble, the harder it is to see how on earth he can possibly amount to anything. But the point of Yuli, Yuli is a nickname given to him by his father, named after a Native American warrior, is that Carlos is almost supernaturally gifted as a dancer and everyone but him can see it. There are so many obstacles put in the way of a young dancer in Cuba. It's almost impossible to get a permit to dance overseas. And you're up against a surprising amount of racism there too. The light-skinned Carlos is still considered too black to get ahead at home. It's not until the combined forces of his family and one tenacious teacher virtually force him to go to a ballet school boot camp in the jungle that things change for him. Lo bailarine, baila. Ballet fans presumably won't need to be told how the story ends. Once Carlos Acosta reached England, his career was assured, not only because of his talent, but because he arrived on the scene at exactly the right time. Race suddenly stopped being the stumbling block it had been a decade before. Why shouldn't Carlos dance any role he chose to? So, rags to riches, virtue, or at least hard work, triumphant. But in fact, the appeal of Yuli wasn't the expected happy endings. It was the rough edges and sidebars. The beauty of modern-day Havana and its wonderful theatre. The difficulties growing up in a multiracial family there. And Carlos Acosta's complicated attitude to his homeland. At one stage, Carlos says, I'm the only person struggling to get into Cuba. It's moments like that that are reasons why Yuli lingers in the mind long after the lights go up.
India has a two-tier film industry, the mighty billion-dollar Bollywood machine and everyone else. It's the smaller art film Indian movies that tend to travel more outside the subcontinent and one of the sweetest was the debut of writer-director Ritesh Batra. It was called The Lunchbox, a romance between two lonely people over a regular takeaway meal. Now, after some success in the States, Ritesh returns to Mumbai, or Bombay as he still calls it. The film is called The Photograph, and in a way, it's inspired by some of the Bollywood movies of his youth. Photograph, madam. Ruko, why did you give me a photo? If you get one time, then... Uh, so I grew up watching a lot of the Bollywood films of the 80s and early 90s. And, uh, you know, they have a big heart. And uh, the interesting thing about them is that many of them are riffs on, on Shakespeare, um, mm. say on like Taming of the Shrew. So there was always a, a poor guy, rich girl story, where the rich girl was a shrew. And, you know, there was always a happy ending. But with this movie, I thought it might be interesting to make a a poor guy, rich girl story in the current times, which is plausible and possible. So when when an audience watches the movie, they feel like everything that's happening is, is life. It's not over the top. It's not unbelievable. Uh, but at the same time, you know, it's a fairy tale because these kinds of interactions of these two lives coming together in India or in Bombay at this time, is not it's not really a plausibility. A poor guy, a rich girl, having an interaction over a period of time. It doesn't really happen. So despite our best efforts, it's still a fairy tale. Tell me a little about the two people involved. Rafi himself, uh, he's he's the poor guy, basically. He's a guy from the village. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's played by an actor called Nawaz, who was also in Lunchbox. He was the apprentice. So he and I have, have worked together before and have a wonderful shorthand. And I actually wrote this part for him. And the girl, Meloni, the rich girl, is played by Sanya Malhotra, who's a wonderful actor, a new actor, and I believe this was only her second film. She does a wonderful job, and, you know, she plays a, a shy uh, accounting student in the movie. So while she's the rich girl, she's not the rich girl from the Bollywood film. She's not arrogant. She's not sort of throwing her weight around. She lives at home with her parents, in fact. Oh, yeah, you know, in India, everybody lives at home with their parents in India. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> that's how it is. <laughs> how do these two people meet? Rafi is a street photographer at the Gateway of India, and you know that's a wonderful thing about India and about Bombay that the old things and the new things all live together. So there's people with selfie sticks, and uh, and also these photographers who ply their trade. You know, they take pictures of tourists and visitors, and and then they print those pictures out in real time and give them to them. So it's, it's a wonderful thing about India, the old and the new, everything together. He takes a photograph of her, but it comes in handy because he's being bullied by his grandmother. Yeah, yeah, so he has a pushy grandma back in the village who's forcing him to get married, and he sends the picture over to, to her. And then Dadi decides to pay a visit. Show me your fiance. Yeah, he has to deliver the goods. And he has to find Maloney somewhere in Mumbai. And you set it up as if it's impossible. And then it turns out to be eminently possible. I, I love that sequence, actually. It sounded like it was going to be a very, very long search, but just suddenly they ended up on a bus together accidentally. 
Yeah, it's a, you know, it's a, it's a village of 14 million people. It's, uh, yeah. <laughs> and so the two of them, they meet, you know, she agrees to go along with it. You're playing the reality of a very fairy tale story, aren't you? It is a riff on, on the old Bollywood movies, but it's a really real, plausible story about lonely hearts in a big city. Uh, they have a date. I mean, it's sort of un- unexpected because it's sort of a business arrangement, really, rather than a romance. But you you can see that they clearly really like each other and they have a date at a Mumbai cinema. And apparently that's a very, that was a very significant cinema to you. There's so many other locations in the movie are the things that are dying out. I'm, I wasn't sure if I'd be able to go back and shoot in a single screen cinema like that again because... They all are slowly going away and, and the multiplexes are coming in and there's cinemas attached to malls and, and you know, all, this, all those horrible things that are happening all over the world. But, you know, there's a lot of nostalgia in the movie that comes from my own nostalgia. You know, when you grow up somewhere and you leave, like I live in New York now, and uh, when I go back and I see that things have changed, you know, for, for me, Bombay is the Bombay that I grew up in. And then there's this new place that I don't recognize anymore. So when I go back, I always try to find that old place. And all the locations are, are from the old Bombay. And, you know, these characters also have a lot of nostalgia in them, as did the characters in Lunchbox. So, yeah, you can only do what you can do, and you can only try to bring back what you what you miss. It's lovely what happens to the two characters, because where in a Bollywood film they would dance and sing and fall in love and happy ending and stuff like that, what happens to these two characters is more subtle. Maloney suddenly develops a relationship with the servant at the house. It's a city of 14 million people, but it's a very small city in size, and all these lives are rubbing up against each other, everybody has a maid who sleeps in the house, you know, the middle class, mainly, everybody has help in the house, uh, because it's cheap to get so oftentimes your maid lives in the house you're a full-time maid, sleeps in the kitchen, and, and you know you never get to know that person, that person is kind of a family member but not at the same time and, and you, you don't even get to find out what village they come from, you don't have a real conversation with this person who's living in your eerie square meter house. So something different happens in this movie because of her relationship with the street photographer. The maid kind of becomes her, her window into that world as well, and they develop a friendship. I thought that was um, lovely. It, rem- it reminded me so much of the film Roma, of course. The societies are not very different. And, you know, the, the, the mother of my child is actually Mexican. Oh, really? So I have been down there, you know, and my daughter was born in Mexico, so the societies are not very different from each other. You know, like back in the day, if you look at love stories that are made through the ages, like Romeo and Juliet, you know, and all the variations of those, the obstacles are always outside of the characters. Their tribes or their clans or their families don't want them to be one. But, you know, in the modern, in the modern world, the obstacles are always inside us that keep us away from each other. And it's no different in the East, you know. It's, it's the same as the West in that way. The obstacles are always inside us. In a country like India, or anywhere for that matter, you know, I lived in London for a little bit, and I don't think any blue-collar and white-collar people are grabbing beers together. But, uh, you know, in a, in a place like India in a time like this, no, I don't think so. I don't think... But but for these characters, maybe, maybe, you know, if people sit, sit through the end and, and watch, watch the last scene, you know, it's... The last scene is extraordinary because suddenly you flash back. You flash back to their, if you like, first date, their date at the cinema. What I always try to do in movies or when I'm writing or when I'm shooting 
is to have a way, have an ending to a story so that the people take the characters home with them. And it's not about resolution or not resolution or non-resolution as much as it is about a movie should continue to live in a person's consciousness when they leave the theater. The characters should, should go home with, with you after you watch the movie. So hopefully when you watch that last scene, the ending of the movie, unexpected as it is, it's it's really designed designed so that people take the movie home with them. Because I, I feel like that's what makes cinema, you know. And there's so much so much to watch these days. There's episodic stuff. There's so much content out there. And mm-hmm. I, but, I, but I feel what's differentiates cinema from everything else is that when you watch a movie, you take the characters home with you. If you watch Casablanca, that ending is spectacular and it forces you to take the characters home with you. That's Ritesh Bhatra, writer-director of The Photograph, which will screen here on October the 17th. And that brings this show to that part where we say, and they all lived happily ever after. I'm Simon Morris, and I hope you'll join me at the movies same time next week. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.